Cuff Radio is about to begin. Everybody loves a hero. I believe there's a hero in all of us. Welcome to Real Cuff Radio. And this evening we have Sandra Devishire, who is a teacher a fifth grade language arts teacher. She also serves alongside her husband at Community Christian Fellowship here in Lindale, as well as she served with YWAM for 16 years and now also is an author, author of a book called Door of Hope. It's the story of overcoming depression. I believe this will be perfect for anybody who's suffering from these kind of attacks that they can glean hope from her today in her testimony. Welcome, Sandra. Oh, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. I certainly hope that this will help anyone with that going on in their heart and life, for sure. You know, it's kind of interesting today. I, I knew that your your testimony was perfect because even the devotional that I read today, Face to Face, was specifically talking about leaving the past behind. And what mm. they said was, when you limp along, hoping somehow those hidden wounds will magically stop hurting, thinking that maybe with a little extra sleep or, or an extra help of dessert, that nagging sense of depression will finally disappear. This, I mean, the whole devotional was on hmm. depression and the fight, wow. the spiritual warfare. And I thought, oh, my goodness, this is exactly today's. How perfect. <laughs> Thank you That's for great. coming on. And uh, also the other scripture that really touched home today was John 8:36. So if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. And I believe all mm. that are listening, the Son came here to destroy the work of the enemy. He came to set the captives free. Absolutely so I know right. that's his heart right now. So I'm going to let you, Sandra, start telling your testimony so people can glean hope from what you went through. Go ahead and sure. tell it. Well, I actually was a newlywed, was 20 years old, um, had walked with Jesus since I was 10. So I thought I was pretty spiritual and that I knew him and discovered that I had an illness at that time. This was in the 1970s. The illness was idiopathic thrombocytopenic purpura or commonly known as ITP at that point. And it was a disorder that attacks the platelets of your blood. And I was sickly bleeding to death in all throughout my body. The um, medical community knew no cause nor cure for it at that point. Uh, my husband and I both were totally shocked to discover that because I didn't really feel ill or anything. Um, as the disease progressed and I had a few side effects of a medication that they tried, I began feeling depressed, um, not thinking clearly, although I didn't realize that at the time. I thought everything was well, but it wasn't. And before long, the enemy uh, of my soul started planting lies within my heart, made it seem much more real that I was unworthy of God's love or forgiveness or even of the name Christian. So I believed that I had turned my back on God and walked away. And that changed everything. Uh, deep depression set in for months. I pulled back from my new husband, from um, my missionary friends. I was a missionary at the time. And I continued to hear 
condemning thoughts, which I did not identify um, at the time as being from the enemy of my soul. I believed they were logical and they seemed to make a lot of sense to what I was experiencing inside me. But the truth was that they were all lies and they were the enemy's attempt to deceive me and to cause me to despair. I followed that agenda for a long time and came to the place where I even believed that the only thing, the only answer for me was to take my own life. Um, I had a couple small attempts. I was not very um, adept at that, but I nonetheless felt like that was the best thing for my new husband to remove myself, which was absolutely not the truth. And I believe that anyone considering suicide is listening to the um, voice of the enemy to end their lives without knowing the freedom of Jesus and being able to fulfill their life. During this time, the Lord was speaking to me through people, through his word in many ways, but I could not perceive that it was the truth at that point. And my husband heard from the Lord and held on to God's promise that it truly was something I was going through because of the illness and the side effects of the medication and the enemy's attempt to destroy us. And he continued to pray and be faithful to speak God's truth to me and love me through it. And I had other people in my life who did the same, which were my lifelines. Um, I probably would not be here today if that had not happened. They were um, highly important to me. But what finally broke through was beginning to rely on God's truth of who He is rather than relying on my own faith or my own spirituality or my own strength of spirit. I apparently had been doing that a lot as I um, had grown up knowing Jesus, and I became uh, prideful in that without even realizing it and needed to understand the depth and breadth of God's salvation, of his forgiveness, and of the fact that what he looks at is who we're having faith in, not um, how strong is our faith. The word says that if we have faith as a mustard seed, which is really tiny, um, that he is pleased with that as we're believing in him. And as I started looking at his character and believing his character and stopped looking at myself, the depression, the condemnation, um, began to lift, and the deception of the enemy parted incredibly quickly once I really grabbed hold of the truth of who God was and how he viewed me. And I really think that in many cases, when we have suffered severe condemnation of our own spirituality in Christ or depression, that we are struggling with wounds that we haven't dealt with in His presence, with sin that we haven't brought to Him and trusted Him for forgiveness for because we thought that it's worse than He could ever take care of. In reality, that's not the truth. And through this experience chronicled in the book, I discovered these things about God that freed me then to actually receive who He really was and to trust that. And he, of course, helped me with all of that. <laughs> As you know, Julie, only God by his Holy Spirit helping us um, reveals these things to us. But he is more than willing to do that to every one of us who suffers with any of these things. 
Yeah, that is one of the things that I could appreciate in your book, knowing even somebody who's suffering with the thoughts, the bombardment of thought that they have committed the unpardonable sin. And this person is actually well, well read in the Bible, very, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, studies and so forth, but just bombarded with tormenting Mm. over and over and really literally believe that they have committed that. that mm, the, and I really okay. appreciate in your book how you kept showing the thoughts that you were receiving and right. thinking and the words that the enemy kept saying to you. And even right. though other, you know, there's other people out here that are, you know, we try as Christians to wrap our arms around these people when they're suffering these attacks. Right. Um, but And when we know it, because so many people, I suffered in silence. There were very few, there was my husband and maybe three other people who even knew what I was going through because it was embarrassing to me. I, I felt horrible that I was so bad, <laughs> basically, is how I felt. So I didn't want to tell a lot of people about that. It was an internal struggle, and that's part of the problem. So many of us who do suffer that kind of thing don't want to share with someone who might truly be able to help us. Yeah, I like example of shine the light on it. Right. The darkness will flee. So do not try to hold. If you're going through, I even remember my grandfather many, many years ago on the bed one day asking me, you know, I wasn't a super, um, let's just call it, my prayers were real basic at that time. And he mm-hmm. said, can you please pray for me right now? I'm suffering depression. Oh. And I looked at him mm. and I thought, Lord, what do I pray? So yeah, I, I just basically sat on the bed and started praying what I knew at that time to pray. Sure. Uh, and I, I also want to say that I've also heard one person once say, how can you be depressed? And they didn't, they, they were basically saying they didn't understand that there was even a battle. It was basically, hey, pick yourself up and go on. Mm -hmm. What is there to be depressed about? So I just, you know, the fact is, is people are going through through things that uh, not everybody understands. But get with somebody who is willing. Who does, right. Yeah, who does understand, who is willing to pray, uh, who is willing. And stand in there with you. Exactly. And, you know, and don't be ashamed. I I really firmly believe expose the truth. If he's Mm -hmm. the enemy, uh, which is Satan, Lucifer, demons, whatever. I'm sorry. That's the truth. That's our enemy. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. If he is saying something specifically to you, then open up and say what he's saying. Expose. That's right. And even if you're not sure it's him. Even yes. if you're not sure, you know, for for me, I just thought it made sense. I didn't even think who was saying it. I just thought this thought is true. And so I followed it because I it seemed to make sense um, looking at what I felt and how I perceived things at that point. Um, in reality, it was completely deception, but I could not see that at all. So if you're having those kinds of thoughts, I'd say do not trust yourself completely with that. You need to talk with someone that can um, help you find Christ in the midst of that. And there are people who understand this and get the fact that 
depression has many causes, not only depression, but condemnation and just feeling like you're just never going to match up to be the spiritual person that you want to be in your heart. Those things are um, battles that are very real for thousands of people. Actually, I've met hundreds myself and spoken to hundreds myself about it, but there are these are very real struggles, and if we don't talk with someone, if we don't find someone who can actually truly help us, then it's very hard to overcome. Of course, the, the way that you come out of it is having those hands to hold on to and them praying for you and then the Lord intervening. And I just, I, if it's okay, I... I would like to talk about the unpardonable sin because I do mention that in my book. The enemy just absolutely loves to twist God's word and use it to attack us and separate us from him. And there is nothing in the word that is meant for that to happen. God's intent in the Bible completely is every single verse should draw us to him, should show us who he is, should show us what he believes about us, to show us how he has acted toward us in order to draw us to him. So anything that seems to push us away from him or has that effect, there's something that we're not taking right and it's being twisted by the enemy. And um, this, this verse, it's, it's actually just one verse in 1 John 5 that talks about um, praying for a brother who's found in sin. And it says, but don't pray if he's, um, committed the unpardonable sin. Well, the enemy basically used that to tell me that every sin and every way I was, was unpardonable, that I, I could not be forgiven for anything. And my husband would say, well, what have you done that is so uh, unpardonable? And I, I just had a general idea of that I just was no good. I just could not, you know, I just didn't believe that I was a Christian and I, and it was unpardonable. It was so bad I could never get back. I believe that the enemy does do that twisting of the truth and makes it seem like the full truth, and it's not. Um, I know from having walked with God now 50-some years that God loves to forgive. There is not a person in the world that he does not want to forgive. He loves us so much. That's the whole reason he sent Jesus to take our punishment for sin and to bring us into relationship with him. So for us to think that he doesn't want to is actually just not in line with the truth of who God really is. And I think that with God, if there is any way he possibly can, he forgives us. And my understanding, um, from what I think that verse means now that I've studied it a little bit more and thought about it a lot, and as I've watched God over the years, I think that must mean, and remember, I'm not saying I'm a theologian, but having watched his character and what, who he really is and what he's like, I believe that God forgives any person of any sin who is honest in their coming to him and humble themselves before him and asks for that forgiveness from him. I think that the unpardonable sin is when we don't do that and we die. I believe that that is the sin that is um, unpardonable because when we hang on to and cling to our sin, 
until we die, our chance to cry out for forgiveness. We have even that last second of our life, we can ask for forgiveness, and He offers it freely because He is not willing that any one of us perishes or is separated from Him forever and ever. He's really not willing that any of us is separated from Him for any minute right now in our lives either. He so much prefers to forgive us, and we forget that. But a lot of it is because we base our perception of Him on who we are, how good we are or how bad we are. And we think maybe we're so good we don't need Him or we're so bad we can't have Him. And both of those are really basically saying God is not who God really is. He is not the loving God He is. He is not the God who not only does not condone sin of any sort, but He also is the God who made a way for us to be set free, like Julie, like you said at the beginning in John eight thirty six about he whom the Son, that's Jesus Christ, sets free is free indeed, and it's free from being captive of sin and selfishness and being free to love others fully and to love God and to love ourselves as well, which is why learning who God is and how He sees us is so important when we are caught in depression or despair of any sort. Good point. Um, I also want to say that towards the beginning of our podcast uh, in the archives, there is a episode called, it's not an episode, but it's called Faith, the Margie Mayfield story. And this is one that if you feel condemnation at all, that you're just so unworthy, please listen to this. This is a serial killer testimony of how he received Christ. Mm, it, will blow, that is neat. <laughs> it will blow any condemnation out the door, no matter Absolutely. what you do. So please Absolutely. listen to that as well. Um, I also want to say that the thief comes to rob, steal, kill, and destroy. Remember that little key when you're going through anything that if, if it's despair, if, if it's hopelessness, if it's unworthiness, that's nothing that Jesus would say or do. He's only right. come to right. give life. The enemy is sitting there trying right. to rob from you. He's mm-hmm. trying to rob your joy. That's right. That's right. And you know, that's one of the, that's, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I was going to say that's one of the major lessons I learned during this time in my life was that the difference between condemnation and conviction is that condemnation leaves us feeling hopeless, helpless, and like we're miserable. The true conviction of the Holy Spirit of God leaves us encouraged that He can change us, that He does love us and just wants the best for us. And so when we, sometimes we might hear conviction and we turn it around, take it as something that is discouraging, but that is not ever how conviction is truly meant from God for us. He knows that He can change us beyond anything we can even imagine sitting here this moment. And if we will simply say, Lord, Your Word says that You are at work in us both to will and to do Your good pleasure. Lord, Help me to will or want to do what you want and help me to do it, God, with all of my heart, soul, mind, and strength. 
the Holy Spirit of God will come in and will help us do that. I don't live my life all on my own, making every right choice. I am a human being, and so is every person listening. But God knows that, and He is not threatened by our weaknesses. We don't have to be some perfect person for God to want to hang out with us. That is not the case. He loves us so much, just as we are, that He gave Himself fully for us, and still gives Himself fully for us every day. His mind, every minute, is full of billions of thoughts of good toward each and every one of us, and He's working those things to come for us. If we'll just say, yes, Lord, I surrender myself to you. I want your good. Change me. Fill me. Forgive me, God. He is so willing and so able to do it immediately to start working that. What he wants is a relationship with us, right, Julie? He doesn't want just us to do this and don't do that. That is not his desire. He wants us to just love him and give ourselves fully to him just like he has done for us. He loves us to the ultimate degree. And he continues that kind of love every day, including forgiving us and helping us change, healing our wounds. Uh, I had a lot of wounds. I hated myself for turning my back on him, uh, as I thought that I had done. And I really built up a core of self-hatred. And I think when we really are caring people and we do things that hurt others, that is a very real possibility for us to build up a core of self-hatred in our spirits. And God does not want that. And he can cleanse us from it. Um, The book, It has a scene there that truly happened when I just cried out to God to cleanse me from self-hatred that he showed me that I had. And when he did that, I really believe that that was one of the most freeing times in my life because that was wounding that I had done to myself. And God was able to free me from that and cleanse me by washing me in the truth that he forgave me and that he was healing me of that. Amen. Hey, I just saw a picture of as a young child, if we look at our father and we say help, how his big arm will just reach out and grab That's us right. and help us. That's absolutely all we have to do right. Is say, That's right. Help. That's right. We don't have anything to prove to God. I think sometimes when we we really want to serve God, we really want to love God, we feel like we have to prove to Him something, our spirituality. He knows us so thoroughly, and He's not threatened by our weaknesses. He's not threatened even by our sin because He has made a way for us out of it. And He is that way. He is the door of hope, and He has made himself completely available to us. All we have to do is cry out to him and walk through the um, way Jesus has made for us to come to God and to follow him all the days of our life in a relationship that is uh, beyond anything um, I could have ever imagined back in 50 years. So there is hope. Absolutely. uh, I just want to, again, say as a resource, her book, Door of Hope by Sandra Devishire. If you would like to take the opportunity now to pray for these people that are listening. I would love to do that. Lord, we just come to you in the name of Jesus Christ, and we thank you, God, that you don't want any of us to perish, Lord. 
John 3.16, the most simple verse that most of us heard in Sunday school if we went to uh, Sunday school was, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, Jesus Christ, um, to die for our sins because he was not willing that any of us would perish. And Lord, we thank you that you still to this day are not willing that any of us perish from our relationship with you. You offer freely yourself for us. And thank you for the blood of Jesus Christ being shed for um, to pay for our sins, Lord. Thank you for standing in our place for the punishment. Thank you that you have freed us, that you are our door to freedom from our own selfishness and our own sin, Lord. And God, I ask you for every person who has believed the enemy's lie, that they are not good enough, that they cannot be forgiven, that their sin is worse than anybody can imagine. Lord, you don't have to imagine their sin. You know what it is, and you still are calling them to yourself at this very moment, Lord. You're saying, come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden with the weight of your sin, and I will give you rest. Thank you, Lord, that you have made a way that you can not only free us from condemnation, but you can free us from our sin and our habits that that separate us from you and from our families and from others, God. We trust you, Jesus, that you're going to work in us both to will and to do of your good pleasure and to help us to learn how to love you better and to trust you because you are the God who never changes. You are the God who loves us thoroughly, will never stop, will bring us to that day when we can see you face to face. And I just trust you, Jesus, that you are doing your work in each and every person listening. Lord, help us to say yes to your offer of grace, your offer of truth, your offer more than anything of a relationship with God Almighty. We love you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, again, here we have the the miracle of your healing. That in itself, I know we didn't talk about that oh, yeah, a lot, right, but, but that was okay. that was a miracle in itself. I mean, internal bleeding. And, yes, uh, huge miracle. Gosh, um, yeah, I've learned much more about that um, disorder, and now I think they believe that it is part of the autoimmune disorders. I'm not sure, but I know they. Uh, believe that they know some source of it now, but they still do not have a means of treating it other than, I believe, um, blood transfusions. I could be incorrect about that, but I do know that it is um, a disease that normally returns within two years, and it will return within two years after that. And again, um, I don't know how long I would have been able to survive um, if God had not intervened. But he obviously had other plans for me physically, I guess. He used that disease, or I don't know if it's a disease, a disorder. He used that disorder to reach my deepest need, which was to understand more correctly who he truly was and how he actually saw me and how he sees all of us. And you know, Julie, you mentioned that the uh, early in the interview that... Um, There are people who think, oh, well, it's just easy. You know, why would anybody ever be depressed? You know, pull pull yourself up by your bootstraps and move on. I have to say that I was one of those people before this. I had probably only had one 
uh, day of depression before this and not even a full day, maybe a couple hours is the truth. I'm a very upbeat person normally, but nope. The truth was that there were things inside of me that opened the way, things that I believed that were incorrect about God and myself and even life and relationships. And I certainly did not understand the human psyche and our spirit at all. And going through that time of illness and um, struggle with the um, side effects of medication, which I did not even know were side effects of medication that affected me mentally and emotionally. Um, all of those things were a huge learning curve for me and really knocked me on, out of my uh, spiritual pride area, and I needed that. That was the only way um, and the fastest and most thorough way that God had to reach the depth of my um, spirit and it worked and I'm so grateful for him doing that for me uh in the testimony that when it all came together and he healed you from that disorder it was all that and the depression suicidal all that stuff left completely now it and it didn't happen simultaneously because when he healed me physically I had expected him to take my life Uh, when they were going to remove my spleen during surgery. And I thought, great plan, God. Um, Now they're going to do surgery and you're going to let the surgeon's knife slip and I won't won't be around anymore and I won't have to commit suicide. So when he healed me, I was like, oh, great. Well, that's cool, but now how am I going to get out of the picture for Roy so he can go find another wonderful Christian woman who believes you and get on with his good Christian missionary life. And I was still not believing the truth. I did not take that healing as a sign that God was saying I belonged to him. And I was so wrong. (laughs) So he continued to work with me, though. He understood my weakness. He understood that I just didn't get it. And so he started working on me other ways to bring the truth to me and show me that it really uh, was true, that he loved me, that he had healed me because he wanted me alive and he wanted me to be part of the life that he has planned for me. And he has a plan for a very incredibly good plan for every person's life who listens to this broadcast because he only plans good for us when we want to follow him. Um, He loves us so much and he does not want our lives to end in despair because there's no reason for it. His hand is open to us. His heart is open to us. And he is able to help us wherever he finds us, wherever we are. There is no deception between him and us. We can't hide anything from God. He already knows how bad we are already, how good we are, how how hopeless we are, whatever we believe about ourselves. He knows already the truth and he knows what is actually the truth. He is the truth and he is love and he is reaching out to each and every one of us saying, come to me. It's all okay. I'm going to take care of it. I've already made a way for it to be forgiven, for you to have a new heart, a new life, a new spirit 
And I'm going to walk you through that with you every second of the rest of your life and all of eternity. I've got this. What a God. What an amazing, amazing God he is. That was perfectly said. Thank you. Good. Thank you very much. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I just know what he's like. He's amazing. He is just incredible. Well, it's just a perfect example, too, of how twisted our our perception can be. And I know you all are hearing what I'm hearing on just he wants us whole and 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 healed and knowing how that's right the good plans he has they are good that's right and he's in it for the long haul he doesn't just want us to um say god i'm yours and see ya he wants to be with us every second of every day now and forever and ever and ever what kind of love is that that is beyond any possible human love. We might feel that way for one another, but to the degree of love that he has, we can't even imagine that depth um, and brilliance, actually, of that kind of love that gives himself so fully for us and wants us so much. I encourage you all to ask for it. Ask for Absolutely. ask for him to show you how much he loves you. That's right. To That's reveal right. that love to you individually. He's a personable God, one that wants to just reach out that you know that you know that you know. That's right. And he knows exactly what you need to hear and how to tell you in the way that will definitely resound as truth to you. It might take a little waiting. Sometimes he does it immediately, but sometimes he's working to set up the best way to show you his love. But it is the truth. And more than anything, go to the Bible because it truly shows who he is. This God that will do anything, break down any wall, any barrier in us or around us that could keep us from him. He has already done beyond imagining amount of things to um, reach us. And he still works on it every single day of our lives to show us that love. Sandra, thank you so much for taking the time. This has been real precious. I appreciate it completely. Thank you for having me. I, I just love who God is and the way that he is enough for us. Um, when we just call out to him, he is there and he is our hope. Yes. All right. Well, that's a wrap. He touched me. Oh, he touched me.